0: Why can't APS just pay teachers more? Can my child
1: really learn in a classroom of 30? Is public education as bad as the media and everyone else says it is?
2: Everyone has an opinion about Albuquerque Public Schools. But where do you go
3: to sort out fact from fiction and rumor? Right here. Welcome
4: to the APS Open Book Podcast with your host, Mark Goodrum.
2: Welcome to our APS Open Book Podcast, episode four, Fine Arts in Our Schools. This is Mark Goodrum, your host, and our guests today are Gina Rosinski, Fine Arts Director for Albuquerque Public Schools, Louise Delgado, retired Fine Arts Director and Music Educator, also Ron Lipka. We have Music Educator, Musician, uh, Mentor, and recently a nominee for the 2019 Platinum Music Award. Congratulations on
3: that. Well, well, thank you. It was was an (laughs) honor to be nominated. It was
2: great. Well, thank you all so much for uh, taking the time for being here. We sure do appreciate it. Uh, Later in the show, we're going to have some comments from students and teachers uh, from the fine arts programs. Uh, Take us into today, Gina, about the fine arts, what's happening today in our schools.
5: The school year eighteen nineteen was a pretty is a pretty exciting time to be in fine arts in APS because this year the APS Board of Education approved an expansion for our elementary fine arts program. In the middle and high schools, we do have uh, some schools with our our drama programs. We have always band, orchestra, and choir is going strong in the middle schools. We have some unique programs also, such as a steel drum band. At mm-hmm. uh, Tony Hillerman, and in our high schools, similar, we have band, orchestra, choir, some mariachi programs, some Mm. ballet folklorico programs, also steel drums. So there's quite a lot going on, a lot of guitar programs at the middle and high schools also.
2: So the blood is going.
5: The blood is going. Mm -hmm. It's pretty exciting. We're also in a couple partnerships with the Kennedy Center. Mm. And one of those partnerships is Any Given Child, which is a city, county, and APS initiative. Mm -hmm. So we have identified eight schools to be elevated arts, is what we're calling them. And we're working hard to get them some additional fine arts experiences and teaching artists into their schools as well. What
2: does that mean, elevated art? What is it going to in it, it's
5: in collaboration with the city and the county. Um, it will be a lot of teaching artists and, and experiences, things like that, that will bring into those eight identified schools. Okay. And also some staff development for after-school providers mm-hmm. to continue programs like drama and those types of things in the after school programs.
2: That's exciting.
5: Yeah it's it's a very exciting time to be in fine arts. You might pull
2: some of us out of retirement.
5: Yes please. (laughs) I I don't think so. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) That's
3: that's
2: great. Well Ron talk to our parents and our listeners
3: about why it's so important. Yes you know I think One of the things that we need to get established, and the Fine Arts Department has made a lot of progress in it, is establishing the fine arts are fundamental. It is uh, as important to have uh, a fine arts program have uh, the choices of uh, general education as well as skilled education in every school available for every student. And so we've we've gone through some times when uh, it was considered well, it's more important for this student to have extra uh, education in math than to be in band, orchestra, or chorus. So we'll just take him out of that class. And
2: Let me let me stop you there for a minute. Yeah. Because the thinking, correct me if I'm wrong, but from parents and people I've talked to in my experience, is that, well, it's just more important. I don't want my kid to be a musician. Yeah, well, th- the reason... <laughs>
3: Uh, uh, The practical reason for establishing that with parents is that uh, all of us who have taught these fine arts classes realize that one of the main reasons their child is coming to school is to be involved in those fine arts classes. That's why they are there every day. They're there at at 6 in the morning, uh, whether they're sick or not, to take place in in band, chorus, and orchestra, and drama, and choir. Uh, and the arts classes, that's, that's why that student comes every day.
6: Yeah, yeah. well, it, the, the other thing that's why it's important is because we're educating the whole child, yeah. not just the, the left brain or the right brain part of the child. We're educating the whole child so that they have a sense of their emotional growth mm-hmm. as well as their physical growth and their intellectual growth. Mm-hmm. And the arts are really important to help accomplish all three of those areas. Mm-hmm. Uh, arts are good for students. Uh, It helps them grow in every area. It helps them with interpersonal skills. It helps them with work skills because it teaches all of those things that the students need to be able to be successful in society. So to have an education without arts is Mm maleducation, in my opinion.
3: That's right. Yeah, we've got to sell the Mozart effect. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's called the Mozart effect because everybody realizes that the, uh, the involvement in music Yeah, affects everything else a child does. Mm
6: -hmm. Right. You know, when I was very active in in the field, Goals 2000 under Bill Clinton, the arts were part of the core. Mm -hmm. Uh, Under No Child Left Behind with the Bush era, the arts were part of the core. This right. was defined at the federal level in, in educational policy. In uh, Obama's Race to the Top, the arts were part of the core right. curriculum. And they were all defined there in those policies. It's right. just that somewhere in the translation <laughs> to the state and the local level, sometimes that message got lost. Yeah, it gets clouded. Yeah. <laughs>
2: you were listening to the APS Open Book Podcast, and our topic, Today is fine arts in our schools. We have Gina Rosinski, Fine Arts Director for APS. Louise Delgado, Music Educator, a retired uh, Fine Arts Director. Ron Lipka, Music Educator, Mentor, and Legendary Teacher uh, around our district here. We were talking about teaching the whole student and uh, we're gonna go out to LBJ Middle School, the orchestra out there and we're going to listen to some comments from the, uh, a student there and Karen Scheinwolf, the orchestra teacher.
7: What made you start playing in the orchestra? Um, in sixth grade, they had a class. It was, I believe it was called Music Appreciation. And in there, they were learning to play the ukulele. And I learned how to play that string instrument. And I was like, well, might as well play orchestra. And it turned out great. And great. I love
2: it. Did you ever think about this in elementary school that you would be in orchestra?
7: Probably not. I didn't even know what orchestra was in elementary. Really? Yeah.
2: In a, like in fifth grade or you didn't even know. No,
7: I didn't know what it was. But
2: you're glad you made the choice. Yeah, I'm
7: glad I made the choice.
2: So you're an eighth grader,
7: right? Yes. You've been playing for three years? I've been playing for two years, actually. I started last year. Oh, okay. Very good. Yeah. Do you think you'll play up in high school? More than likely, yeah. I yeah. put it on my registration card, so.
2: Absolutely. And it's a part of your whole body and being now, isn't
7: Yeah. It? What do you get out of music? like to me it gives me like a type of feeling kind of so like if like that's basically when I think of music I think it's there to give you a feeling yes. almost yeah. Stand there. yeah it's uplifting yeah it's kind of you don't you understand music in a different way when you actually play an instrument very I think. good yeah.
2: yeah what would you tell an incoming sixth grader that's trying to make a decision
7: follow what you want to do and try something new that's mm-hmm. and if you join orchestra be confident and practice a lot and yeah let's talk about real
2: confidence for a minute doesn't it give you
7: that it does give you a sense of confidence yeah. especially like as a sixth grader I was very shy I didn't have many friends uh-huh. and as I started to play music it kind of gave me a little more confidence and, yes. yeah.
2: tell us tell the audience you know why should fine arts, orchestra, music be in the schools?
8: I can't think of anything more personal or more human than music. Yeah. And music is a is a language all of its own, just like English or Spanish, and it's a way of communicating to people who you are and what you believe in. Yeah. And I'm so glad that our fine arts department is going to extend that. Uh, so that more elementary school kids can do it. Because who doesn't love to sing? Oh, my gosh. (laughs) And then just to see students when they fall in love with an instrument and love to play it, it chokes me up lots of times. Just to see students this age performing what they can do and giving it their all and just... Loving it and sharing that creativity with me is just, it's what gets me up in the morning.
2: I know. I'm right there with you. Yeah.
8: Um,
2: I'm a parent, and I got a new kid coming into school. I don't have a lot of money. I'm worried about them being at the school by themselves. I reassure me.
8: The schools all have instruments that the students can borrow, so they don't have to worry about money. Uh, There might be a few peripherals, but the schools can always help with that because we want to get every single student that we can involved in music because we know that music fires the brains, the brain in different ways that doesn't happen just alone or just in an English class or just in a math class. So we want to engage that with every student that we possibly can. And so the music teachers do everything they possibly can. If a student wants to play an instrument, or if they want to be in choir, we will make sure that happens.
2: Isn't that, I mean, just out
3: of the mouth of babes? Mm
8: -hmm.
3: You know, I think uh, what both of those students touched on a little bit is the social aspect of being involved in the fine arts program, Mm -hmm. that it it gives the students a a home within the school if they can be involved in in any of the fine arts programs. It's it's different from being involved in in an academic class. If you're in a math class, you're in a math class. But if you're in an orchestra, you're a member of an active group.
6: Right, I love the fact that she expressed about her, how it gives her a feeling. And it talks about developing the confidence and how she can participate and, and gives her a, a sense, an orientation about who she is mm-hmm. as a person, that personal growth,
2: yeah. really important. Yeah, I love the comment about you can feel what you're playing and be more involved in the music while you're playing mm-hmm. than, than mm-hmm. listening, you know, because I, I just can't express, I'm, I sit in front of the low brass section in the band we play. And when the trombones and the tubas come in, it's like, whoa,
3: you just feel it in your body, in your soul. You know, I'm glad you referenced that. Mark and I uh, both play in and I conduct a a band, New Horizons in Rio Rancho, which is older musicians who learned to play these instruments when they were Mm -hmm. 9, 10, 11 years old. And now they are 60 plus (laughs) still and getting this feeling mm-hmm. and for me conducting up there in front when this 50-piece band opens up uh, you know some really nice piece and there's this glorious sound everybody there is is tingling mm-hmm. you yes. know yeah. this is what happens
5: and if you're missing a person um, not there that day like your your first flute player or your first clarinet player i think that's the other piece that these kids feel too especially in middle school that if i'm not there to cover my part then i'm I'm not disappointed, but they're going right. to notice I'm not there. No. Where Absolutely. if I don't show up to my math class, yeah, I'm, and that's not to say no one would completely notice, but yeah. there's yeah. more of a responsibility and an ownership of I need to be there because they're counting on me to play my part to make the whole.
6: Right. Yes. So that
5: right. need to come to school for that and that engagement when they're there, yes. I
6: think is really... Yeah. I, w- I wanted to address... Uh, what Karen Sittwerf mentioned about creativity, yeah. because creativity uh, and, and looking at it in the in the broader picture of the arts, creativity is really important. Whether it's through music, or drama, or visual arts, or dance, right. um, creativity is part of being human and again it's developing that human side of us Uh, really bringing out creativity creativity is defined by partnership for the 21st century as one of the essential skills they look for uh employers look for creativity they look for the ability to collaborate and cooperate to be able to work in a team which are all the things that uh that you're talking about here and so it's really really important that that whether it's through visual arts uh and being able to look at and interpret something and if you make a mistake, being able to fix that mistake exactly, and that's what that's what employers are looking for. It's part of the the new National Core Arts Standards. Creativity is a major strand, and it's an artistic mm-hmm. process, which is keystone. It's, it's it's very key to everything we do in the arts.
2: We before the got into the podcast, Kevin and I were just talking about being able to adjust and to deal with problems that come up, and to come up with ways to troubleshoot whatever you have. And that's music, you're you're just responding.
5: Well, and for me, being a performing artist too, and raising performing artists and teaching them, is that creation of the art in the moment, on the stage or at the performance, and things don't always go right. right. And you have to to fix it in the moment. You you don't get 24 hours to think about, okay, how will I do this? So you have to fix it in the moment which then what I see too as a big piece of it is vulnerability. Mm-hmm. I mean, We're putting kids out there, you know, playing solo in front of everyone right. else, playing on a stage where you, you can make right. mistakes and... Right. Fumble through it. That's that's a very vulnerable thing to do, and the growth that comes with that. Absolutely. You know, you're out of step in the marching band, and everyone knows because mm-hmm. the line's not straight, right? right? And and we just correct each other and move on, and yeah. and that that builds so much character to be able to. I mean, student led, mm-hmm. you know, student assessment. Everybody's constantly, right. the, you know, helping their peers again back to that hole.
2: Well, let's move on to Eldorado High School. Why? have fine arts in the schools. What would you say also about why
9: APS should
2: have fine arts?
9: Well, I mean, I kind of I kind of did a report on this last year actually, and I looked at kind of more of the statistical side of things, and I noticed how like the presence of a strong fine arts program kind of helped students improve other scores outside of music such as math and English and how they did much better on like standardized testing compared to non like fine arts kids Mm -hmm. and I just like that's kind of been the main reason I've been so supportive of fine arts in schools is just because I think that it gives students a chance to thrive Mm -hmm. and it also kind of is this like small little community in schools where kids are guaranteed to have at least a friend or like in my case multiple. Right. So And like you said, it
2: really gets the brain moving toward those other subject matters as well. Yeah. So music, if you were talking to a young person coming into sixth grade, let's say, Mm -hmm. and doesn't know
9: what they wanna do, what would you tell them? I'd, I'd say really to try everything and kind of find your passion. And I mean, I, I really didn't follow that I went into band actually because some of my friends were going into band, (laughs) and I just kind of Wanted to stay with them, but I really found that I had a like true passion for it And so I think that you really just need to keep searching until you find that one thing You have like a true passion for and you know that you could do for the rest of your life and be happy Speaking of the rest of your life. So what is the next step for you? So I'm going to college I'm not quite sure where yet, but I'm for sure studying music education, oh, okay. um, and I hope to be a high school band director someday.
2: We're talking about fine arts in uh, APS, and we're talking, of course, drama, chorus, and the whole shebang.
10: Give us your best commercial for that. Well, it's pretty cliche, but I think when you hear people talk about the arts in schools, they'll say that it's... Uh, A necessary part of the school culture and what have you and I would agree with that uh, 100% I I believe wholeheartedly that that kids need to have arts and and other types of activities at school to keep them going if it was strictly core classes then we might not see as many kids on the campus band kids are good kids yeah and and they want to be in these classes and there are requirements for them to be able to participate in festivals and competitions and things like that, and one of those requ- requirements is is to have good grades. Right. And so we preach that quite a bit. You know, in the time I've been here at El Dorado, and even my time at Manzano High School, I've had many students in the top ten, mm-hmm. with a handful of of valedictorians.
2: Right. Is you're in a rare situation where you came in playing in APS, you've gone through the ranks. I just got through talking to, I think it was Jennifer and Zach, was mm-hmm. it Zach? And they want to go into music education, and you did it. And so tell us, uh, first of all, looking back, going into college and for music education, some of the pitfalls and your experience going into it, and now you're doing it for so many years. Uh, tell us a little bit about
10: your, your journey. Well again I grew up in the in the district here. I'm a product of public school education of APS and I'm a believer in the system. I think, you know, there's lots of negative things that are, are put out there just not only about, you know, our maybe the school system or our district or our city or our state, our community, whatever whatever mm-hmm. that might be. But but I don't I think if, if you don't have people that believe and that great things can happen, then it's not going to happen. Mm. So I had a, a very ins- a couple of very inspiring teachers when I was growing up, and that kind of led me to this path that I've that I've taken. And I attended the University of New Mexico, had some great mentors, uh, you being one of them, uh, <laughs> for giving me the opportunity to to teach at schools at at various camps, which gave me a lot of uh, teaching experience, and I've just very, been very blessed to have a, a culture around me of, of individuals that care about music and that want to strive to keep music a part of a curriculum in our district. And I'm just, that's kind of my story. And, and <laughs> my hope is, is that I think in the younger days, I was wanting to change the world. <laughs> and I was wanting every kid to go into music when when they graduated out of out of high school and, and that philosophy I think has changed over the years yeah. and if they go into music great yeah. if they don't if if they learned something from being a part of my program or whatever music program they're in and it makes them a better person mm-hmm. and a better member of our community to make this world better then I feel like I've go. accomplished something
3: pretty powerful mm-hmm Well, well, what I was thinking about it, you know, we have great teachers like Brad Dubs and how important having great teachers is. Because I think one of the things we haven't addressed yet is that uh, success in music is not affected by socioeconomic background. There you go. That all of the students can participate at the Mm -hmm. highest level in music. You know, I taught 14 years at El Dorado. Mm -hmm. Golden Ghetto, as it was called when it first started, <laughs> but also seven years at Rio Grande High School in the yeah. South Valley. I don't see the difference in the ability of the students to participate at the highest level uh, in the arts, whether they're in way down in the South Valley or whether they're way up in the heights where yeah. they have all the uh, economic advantages. They can still participate at the highest levels, but it's important that they have really great teachers. Mm -hmm. And I think one of the things he said is about believing. Mm -hmm. For a teacher to be great, they have to believe Mm -hmm. that all of the students that they are addressing are capable of participating at the highest levels in fine arts.
6: Um, I kind of wanted to talk a little bit about his comment about students' experiences in the arts in their school or their education making them a better person, making the world a better place. And so my feeling is, um, you know, there isn't a single culture that I know of, and I'm not an anthropologist, but I just <laughs> that doesn't do art right. or doesn't do music in any way or shape or form. And the arts are important to every culture. That's why they're there. Yeah. It's an innate expression of the humanness of that culture. And likewise, the arts inform us about what's gone on before. I mean, if you look at way back 2,000 years, what you know about those cultures is pretty much passed on through the arts, whether it's the poetry or the visual art or any of the music or the musical compositions that have come from the different eras, they inform us. And so to be a better member of the world, to have Mm -hmm. a better understanding of our world, if we look at it through the arts, then we we get the bigger picture of what's really going on. And to Ron's point about opening up doors for you. I, I grew up in a really small town in Las Lunas when it was a really small town. <laughs> and, you know, I've had some amazing experiences and done some, I mean, for a kid from a really small town in New Mexico to some of the things I've done at the national level and at the state level and leadership positions. And all of that I attribute specifically to my involvement in music. That's what brought that out in me. Right. That's what started me on this, on the road to uh, better academics. Mm-hmm. As it started me on the road to being, from an introverted shy kid to being able to speak to people. Right. So it's it's the the arts are very powerful. It's a powerful catalyst for human development.
5: And for me, it it's been a very eye opening. Um, even just listening to the the students and the teachers, so many of us still here in Albuquerque. I'm a product of APS myself, mm-hmm. and of a single parent in the '70s. Mm-hmm. Who didn't have money. I did not own my own cello until I was in college and it too right. was donated. Mm-hmm. And all of the great teachers I had along the way, you know, Art Scheinberg, Ruth mm-hmm. Striegel, right. David Ostrovitz, who right. I had the amazing pleasure of getting to introduce as he was awarded yeah. the gold bar. <laughs> I saw that. Oh, I mean just and and those people are still here, which speaks volumes about Albuquerque and the way we embrace musicians, whether, I mean, Art Scheinberg gave me private lessons for free because that's his gift to growing musicians. And he's still here working with, you know, that we all stay here, and we all still have this community. And, mm-hmm. and I know I'll, I'll probably get backlash, but <laughs> you don't have a math community like that, <laughs> you yeah. know, where people, st- yeah. to, for me to sit down and right. play a piece next to Art Scheinberg right. or with David Ostrovitz is, to me, just... It's golden. Right. Where, where else do you get that?
3: Yeah. And, where else? And it all passes down because, you know, right. my wife, Sandra, was Art Scheinberg's teacher, when he was a very small child <laughs> in Los wow, uh, That
5: I didn't know. So, I mean, it, it's just to hear us all say, you know, right. we came through, right. you know, APS and this phenomenal um, mm-hmm. community of artists and musicians in this, this town right. forever, yeah. years and years.
2: And it continues. That's the important mm-hmm. thing, pass the mm-hmm. baton. Let's go to Hoover Middle School. And this just bolted me over because I, I told Dale, the teacher there, You know, as a band director, for me anyway, speaking for myself, I lived in this tunnel of just band, you know, and whether the chorus or the drama was going on, oh my goodness, the amazing things that's going on over there at Hoover. If you don't know, go by and check out Hoover and El Dorado drama program. Let's take a listen. Okay, we're here at Hoover Middle School, and Avery, Avery, I got it right, how you doing?
11: I'm doing good.
2: good. So, Avery, what grade are you
11: in? I'm in 8th grade.
2: 8th grade, very good. Three years. Moving on to high school. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. How long have you been in drama?
11: Um, I've been in drama since the 5th grade. Wow. Yeah.
2: What school was that in 5th grade? Um,
11: 5th grade, it was at Osuna. Um, I heard about a drama program, and I ended up working with MTS, Musical Theater Southwest.
2: Now, at fifth grade, you got into drama. What got you into that at that age?
11: Um, Well, a lot of my family has done drama-like things. um, And so my aunt introduced me to a Little Mermaid audition um, that was happening. So that's how I really um, started it. And I've done 10 shows since in community theater.
2: Talk to that student that is nervous, worried, never been on stage. What do
11: you think? I think if you take a deep breath and go over what you need to know, you really will be fine. And tons of people say get no's all the time when auditions. But when you get that yes, it'll feel great and you'll be really confident about your next
2: work. What do you get out of drama?
11: I get... I become really happy, and I get to make really fri- like a lot of friends that are like me, that it loves theater and stuff, um, but it also has helped my education, in which I'm more excited to come to school because I have drama to look up to.
2: You know, some of the other students I've talked to have said similar things like that it it's what brings them to school mm-hmm. what do you feel any benefits toward your other classes
11: um yes um especially english um in english i've read a bunch of shakespeare books right. um just because theater is my thing right. and um so i've gotten a lot of different literature due to scripts and stuff from theater
2: a drama and, and fine arts in the school you think it's important or I,
11: I think it's very important some kids go through so much at home that they need something to come to school Goal to and
4: be happy and enjoy in life. What because are they working on? Alright, so this is, is a scene called The Case life. for Two Spies. Okay. Um, which is, it's a kind yeah, of a spoof of a of spy, spy series. In, um, mm-hmm. in the beginning, we start Roger off with a traditional love. spy and then they reset Please. and they do it with a more modern, modern, modern spy. Oh, okay. um, and just how to solve a weird, bizarre mystery. Um, it's, a, oh, it's a fun Daddy. performance Daddy, Daddy, I heard you
2: off script, off mics, talk about. Ad-libbing or not going with the
4: script. Tell us a little bit of that. Well, what I was referring to is telling the students that I wanted yeah, to so challenge Brian them today to, to not be on script in our rehearsal, I um, but I wanted to be very I clear with John them that John that didn't mean John they were John just John making John. it up altogether um, and not <laughs> just completely <laughs> really going askew from the script, yeah. but instead challenging themselves not to need the script so that they can we truly get lead. into character, have reaction, What's have expression, and really be focused on what their You're character wrong. is going through.
2: So they have to, and correct me if I'm wrong, they have to stay in the content of the storyline. Correct. But they can modify the
6: lines a little bit.
4: Um, at, the, at this point in rehearsal, yes, because they're just trying to get the feel for the character, where, what the character is going through, and then as we finish the rehearsal, oh, yeah. it needs to be uh, on what the author has written.
2: We're talking to Dale here at uh, Hoover Middle School, drama teacher. How long have you been here? Uh,
4: this is my 10th year at Hoover.
2: And you're a product of
4: APS. I am. Tell us a little bit about that. Uh, well, I went through Apache Elementary to Kennedy Middle School and uh, Manzano High School. You
6: yeah, uh, came who did you
4: have for drama in those in, uh The only drama education I got was at Manzano with Paula Stein, who is a living legend in the APS drama world. Um, she retired in 2008, which was about the same year that I was becoming a drama teacher. Talk about
2: drama in the public schools. What does it offer to the kids?
4: It offers an outlet. It offers an experience. It offers activity. Um, things that school students are desperate for. Um, Some way to express themselves and to work together to accomplish something. There's nothing more exciting than the opening day of the show uh, when you get to look out and see 40 or so middle schoolers who have all worked together to accomplish something and they get the payoff and they get the audience recognition and everybody gets to see how amazing middle school students can be when they're working towards something.
2: Talk a little bit about your program. What do you got? Oh, no.
4: Numbers? Uh, well, we've got um, a really good program going. We've got all we have three different levels of drama education, um, sixth grade drama, drama one and drama two. Um, We offer an all-year-long drama club. We go to the George Nason Drama Showcase Festival every November um, where we perform on level or above level with a lot of the high school programs around. um, And we get... Fives, excellent reviews every time. Um, We do a yearly spring play. We've just finished our play this year, which is called Life is Like a Double Cheeseburger. Um, and, And we got to see a lot of great stuff. You know, the Life is Like a Double Cheeseburger. We were only about the 17th group to ever perform that play. Wow. It was a it's a brand new play that just got released like in August.
12: Wow.
2: Yeah. yeah. That's amazing. You you love what you do. I can see I it on
4: your face. I totally places. do. I have the best job in all of APS. <laughs> yeah. uh, getting to come teach drama every day to middle schoolers who are just ready to experience things and ready to show what all they can do. Uh, they keep me on my toes. They keep me guessing. Right. But I find that if I let them go with it and I let them experience yes. their theater education, mm-hmm. they get a lot out of it and they teach me a lot as well.
2: Last question. I'm a parent. I've got my kid going into middle school. I'm worried what will get, what will you or this or drama give to my kids getting into
4: this kind of uh, program It'll give a lot. Um, Number one, it will give them a sense of purpose, a reason to show up. Um, They get to work with their friends building something. Um, Theater is all about constructing stories, constructing events. Um, Whether they're interested in technical theater or acting, there's stuff that they can do. There's a reason they can show up every day um, that's going to allow them to demonstrate themselves. I'm a very shy person in my everyday life, but you put me in a drama room, and I have no problem talking (laughs) as much as I want. When I started in drama in ninth grade, it brought me out of my shell really well, yeah. um, and it brought me into what I should do. So if you have a somebody who's going to be a sixth grader, a kid who's going to be a sixth grader, right. they should be looking for things like drama opportunities, because regardless of what they wind up doing in their lives, they're going to need to be able to speak clearly and confidently to a group of people, and that's my number one focus in drama classes.
2: And don't we, in real life as adults, we put on a face in front of
4: people out know? in the public all the time. We do, we do. We are improvisers yes. at heart. Yes. Nobody writes our daily script. We don't know what to That's say at any moment in time. We're gonna come across situations where we have to really quickly assess what's going on and figure out how to respond. And drama helps you understand that.
3: That's good teaching out there.
6: Mm-hmm.
3: Boy, he said it all, a reason to show up. Mm-hmm.
4: That's it. They well, you know, it. the good teaching
3: is, once again, it's the legacy from George Nason to Paul Stein to Dale. Yep. I mean, this, this, this drama connection, putting all these people together and teaching thousands of students across those years.
5: And do you know he's one of our Apple Distinguished Educators as well? Oh, yes. Yes, he's phenomenal.
2: You are listening to the APS Open Book Podcast. This is Mark Goodrum, your host. And our topic today is the fine arts in our school. Our guests are Gina Rosinski, Fine Arts Director for APS, Louise Delgado, Retired Music Educator and Retired Fine Arts Director, Ron Lipka, Music Educator, Mentor, and a Legendary Teacher in our district. We're going to go out to Atrisco High School. Wonderful things with the mariachi program. Okay, we're here at Atrisco High School. Who am I talking to?
1: Uh, UC Lozano.
2: Guillermo Palacios. Okay, great. And you you all are in the mariachi band? Yes. Yes. Uh, What grade are you Mm
1: in? I'm a senior in high school.
13: Junior in high school.
2: Uh, Talk about why you got in the program.
1: At first it was an accident. I accidentally was put in the program because they didn't have, they had spots to fill. And then my first year I picked up the violin and I really, really, I really loved it. So ever since then I've been coming back to the class and mm. and learning.
13: You started
2: as a freshman?
1: No, I started off as a sophomore. Oh, a sophomore. Yeah, oh, wow. so I, I started pretty late. Okay,
13: what about you? Um, the same thing happened to me. I was accidentally put in the class. I actually <laughs> wanted to drop it. Um, yeah. Really? <laughs> yeah, I wanted to drop the class because I just didn't see any purpose in it. But, um, again, I came back sophomore year. I started my freshman year.
14: Yes.
13: And um, it's just... What we love to do now. And you'd use the word purpose. Tell me about it. I mean, do you see a purpose now? Yes. I think, um, like, we've been taking a lot of steps, we've been progressing a lot as a group, and the purpose of it is just to become the voice, you know, of many people.
1: I feel like we've made a change because before, uh, Mariachi wasn't really known around here, uh-huh. and we were the ones to kind of Go out there and expand it and, and play everywhere in town. And mm-hmm. we actually played at uh, Maripé Spectacular, which was the very first we time. Made history. Like yeah, we made history, uh, yeah. being the first uh, high school students to play from here, because right. the conference is held here. But right. no, no one's is. ever competed here besides. Us. <laughs> really? Yeah. 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 So when was that? Last,
13: just last summer. Last summer. Last summer. So,
1: so we're competing this summer, summer. Uh, in July as well. Yeah.
2: I can hear the enthusiasm. Yeah,
1: we're so excited. Yeah, we're super (laughs) excited.
2: That's great. Talk about what it means to you personally, the music, the the culture, the whole
1: nine yards. Um, I feel like I can express myself in the music, like uh, to my family. Mm -hmm. My culture is really, really represented with that. Mm -hmm. I feel like people really just know me because of mariachi yeah. because that's how I define myself right, right um, on, with right the on. aesthetic and, yeah. and the clothes and the music. And, it's you. Yeah, it's me. Yeah, it, it defines me. And some people may think like, oh, you must have more, but that's like yeah. um, how I define myself. No, right on. With that's, the music.
2: Yeah, that's yeah. what we have to do is find who we are. And music helps us do that.
1: Yeah, it really Sorry. does. It's, it's a different feeling when... When you start playing the violin and then you bring it all together with a group you're just like mesmerized you're like we could do this like we've done this and people like i've seen people cry as soon as we play it's it's beautiful
13: um mariachi has a very special place in my heart like it just makes me it makes me happy that i get to play the music that my parents listen to that my whole family has listened to um I sometimes talk to my grandma in Mexico, and Uh she's just super happy that I'm wearing the trajes, and it's just, yeah, it's just become uh, like a passion, and like I said, we become the voice of so many people, and it's just, I think, a place where I feel like I fit in, um, because high school is such the crazy mess out there right. and when I come in here I feel safe and I feel yeah, yeah it's like I'm with family like my whole group right. has become my family my second family too yeah.
2: and the one word that comes to mind as I hear you talk is pride
1: yeah, yeah we're very prideful because, we're very, uh, when uh, we
13: wear the trajes and we go anywhere like people just
12: <laughs> even yeah, you know right.
13: they just stare at us <laughs> and we're just like okay like they I, we feel Proud of being able to wear our trajes, you know, mm-hmm. being able to stand on that stage and sure. play in front of so many people. Right? It's, just, Absolutely. it's just a whole other feeling.
1: Like at the beginning, it was crazy because uh, we were, I guess you could say, a little bit shy and embarrassed uh-huh. because people at first. We're looking at it as weird. Like, what's the mariachi man doing here? Like, why are they? Here? It was different. Who are they? Yeah,
13: like at assemblies, like they yeah. would they wouldn't even like pay attention to us. And now we're the main attraction. Like right. everyone's like,
1: oh my gosh, and screaming yeah. everyone's names. And because uh, a lot of our students are are really really good students, Evolved. educated, yes. involved, top ten. Yeah. Like they're they're involved. So that also attracts to us. Like all the mariachi students are good students. Like. Right. We don't, we're not really bad kids and stuff. Yeah. We we may have a couple, but <laughs> you know we. But yeah. it's cool how to yeah. see how people Absolutely. have like.
13: Changed the perspective of what yeah. mariachi
1: really
2: is. and began, began to like us a lot. Mrs. Gonzalez, here at uh, well, being formal. Okay. <laughs> here at Trisco High School, how are you?
15: I am good, thank you. Thank you so
2: much for letting me come in. So tell us about the mariachi class.
15: Yeah, uh, we have. Uh, we're the mm-hmm. full time high school mariachi, the only mm-hmm. full time high school in Albuquerque. Right. It started out 10 years ago with our Spanish teacher, Robert Espinosa. Wow. He was a member of Los Tigres and uh-huh. um, Taos. Oh, he's going to kill me oh, for yes. not remembering that. Okay, yeah. So then he had a great time in mariachi in high school then. So he wanted to bring it here. So we started a club. it was an after school club. It was so popular. It ended up becoming a class you could register for as part of Modern Languages.
2: And how long ago was that?
15: This was about 10 years ago when it first started. And then one year um, they had a class with over 60 kids enrolled. Wow. So they knew that it was popular they had to do something about it. So that's when they made it a full-time program. Wow. And now we have 137 kids enrolled. Three beginning classes, intermediate and advanced, that competes.
2: Unbelievable. That's great. Talk a little bit about the music, the culture, and just having the kids involved.
15: What's interesting about uh, this class is it offers beginning instruction in music at sure. yep. the high school level, well, which is very unique. And then you add in the fact that it is uh, culturally responsive to right. the students here. Right. Uh, last time, this, this population of school has close to like 90% Mexican-American right. heritage. Right it really speaks to the school i think that's why it's been so popular Absolutely. so we have students who either were in yeah. band or orchestra as middle school students it yeah. didn't quite fit with sure. their culture yeah. and then they have another opportunity sure. to continue their music education yes. and i've seen kids uh, really flourish with the achievement that they get from learning an instrument at a high school level right. number one it's faster for them because they're older yes and number two they're learning music that their family at home recognize. Exactly. So when they go home and they play Ayana del Rancho Ran, they're like, oh, yeah. I know that. <laughs>
12: exactly. And then
15: the parents come to the concerts, and we have a pack
12: with packed about 500
15: objects. capacity. It's always packed.
12: Yeah. It's, it's
15: always plenty of people there. So there's a lot of pride in it from the students and myself and the administration. Everybody really supports it. And the best part about it is the bilingual seal program they recommend students take mariachi right. for their fine arts, either this or bala Wow! So that we have students that are working towards their bilingual seal. Right. And then in this class, we typically do the class in both languages. Oh, so if wow. you look at all the anchor charts and yeah. word walls, yes. we're teaching the words in English and in Spanish. Right, right on. Yeah, so oh. that is really unique.
2: Oh, man.
15: Yeah, a yeah. lot of people who visit the class, I didn't know that. Um, a treble clef was called La Clave yeah. de Sol. Yeah. That's really yeah. interesting. Yeah. So yeah. Um, so everybody learns a little bit about it. So that's the goal for this class is that they continue playing. Right, right, so the skills right. they learn here, whether they're just Take gonna, they get a guitar after dinner and play some folk right. songs for their family yeah. or play in church. Right. Um, but we just had 12 seniors right. that are graduating this year. Yes. And that's a pretty big number for a music class. Sure. Because most seniors don't have to have their fine arts credit. Right. We had 12. Yeah. That's a big number. And all those 12 are saying they're going to join the UNM Mariachi. Yeah. Uh, mariachi yeah. Juvenil de la Universidad de Nuevo México. Right.
2: They're
15: yeah. going to continue there. And a lot of them said they want to start their own groups. That's great. And that's that's the legacy that this this class is going to do. If we pump a hundred musicians out into the community uh, every every year or so. Yeah. Uh, it's the whole city is going to be better for
2: it. And you've only been here for two years yourself.
15: It's my second year, yes. Yeah. You're loving it. I I have the best job. Well, there's no other music profession other than music. Ed. That's exactly. just yeah. there's nothing else. Seeing a student start at nothing and then right. just be able to play yeah. a scale, into tune. Exactly. Right.
14: right. It's
15: it gives me it tingles just well, to, to work with these kids doing that. Um, and then mariachi is my passion. Right. This is my dream job. Yeah. I remember, let's see, 15 years ago, I was in a music ed right. program saying, I want to teach mariachi education. Right. And that panel of teachers said, you're nuts. Yes. <laughs> it's not a thing, you can't yeah. do it. Yeah. And so um, it was always my dream. I knew that, that someday I was going to be able to do it. And right. after teaching band and orchestra, yes. elementary music, choir, yeah. I worked my way up, and the opportunity came, and I was a willing participant. Right. And it's the hardest job I ever had, but it's the most satisfying at the end of the day. Absolutely. And um, I think I pulled about a 70-hour week last week <laughs> with senior banquet and senior right. concert, right. and um, I came back the next day ready to do it again. There you go. Yep, that's that's how you know it. I'm pretty sure that's. I mean, it's my second year here, but I think I got another 30 or so years in me. <laughs> so
3: right.
15: they're going to have to wheel me out of yeah. here. They're going to, yep, they're going to have to uh, tap my shoulder when the concerts are over because right. I have no hearing, <laughs> but I'm still going to do it.
5: Pride and culture. Wow. Yes. There's so much I could say about that. <laughs> I mean, those the two students and, and, yeah, the pride and culture and just that connection, you know, when he talks about his grandmother and how proud she is. Right that he's wearing the treja and right. playing music of their and yeah there's just so much and i i do want to say also that without the bond passing it's these st- students in particular that i think about because we didn't buy instruments for students now this year. The APS has swept the money to a pool to reallocate it. Mm-hmm. Um, these are the students I think of because we do buy those trejas mm-hmm. and we buy those specialty instruments, the guitarons and mm-hmm. the vihuelas, and that's that's not happening now. Mm-hmm. And then to hear them talk like that and yeah. think, oh, you know. Um, the other thing I want to say here too about Carolina, the the director, is there is no particular mariachi curriculum. She has written one. And it's a mixture of um, very traditional kinds of um, things and then very um, standard space also.
3: Mm -hmm. And you know, she had to overcome the disrespect Mm-hmm. Of, of many other teachers who had the same kind of tunnel vision mm-hmm. that uh, Mark has talked about. I yeah. have, you know, tunnel band and orchestra, yeah. right. and Carolina had overcome that mm-hmm. to become accepted mm-hmm. as a mariachi teacher.
12: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
3: Mm-hmm. You know, I'm so glad that that program is really blossoming at
6: that school. I pushed to try and get mariachi reintroduced uh, in the public schools when I was director of fine arts, it was very hard to get to get it going. I mean, they have a huge flourishing program in a lot of the Texas schools, especially along the border, and Las Vegas has mariachi in all of its high schools. Mm-hmm. Um, California, they're, they, they're really in all the schools there. But here, where we have, uh, here in Albuquerque, it just didn't seem to take off. And so it was... It was, uh, it was important to kind of get that started, and I'm hoping it gets replicated in other schools in the, in the district. I love the comment about when she talked about the,
2: the students that just didn't find a home in those other areas, but mm-hmm. then came to the Mariachi. And that was where they found it. Mm-hmm. And and that's
6: what it's all about. Yeah. Music programs have a tendency to do that. Mm-hmm. They they create a home for the students and that meet the needs of those students, whether it's the guitar program, mariachi program, steel drum program, all of right. which are in the schools at this point. They find the students that are attracted to those particular uh, forms of music.
5: And I'd like to speak to that as well, because having been a cellist, um, you know, fourth grade yeah. on, When I discovered Mr. O, he actually (laughs) discovered me in a practice room where I shouldn't have been. (laughs) Um, It was, you know, that's where I felt that that bit of, I didn't have private lessons. I wasn't gonna be first chair in the orchestra, but in guitar, it was different. We didn't sit by how, uh, you know, good we played the guitar Mm -hmm. or it was a very different Mm -hmm. way. And that's where I started feeling very comfortable, right. and which then made me appreciate and stay also in orchestra. Right. I found my family in both of those—the structure, the, you know, the more kind of traditional, and then the more sure. relaxed. Uh, yes, yeah. and folk and and family, and yeah. Mm-hmm. So it it's not always band is for everyone or choirs for everyone or all within that. That connection is the music.
2: Yeah. Out of the mouth of babes, one of the students said, "Find your passion." Mm-hmm. And then an APS provides that a, a lot of times mm-hmm. in fine arts. Mm-hmm. Well, our last school, we're going to go out to Grant Middle School, my alumni, where I retired from. And we have two uh, programs we're going to take a listen to. First one is going to be the visual arts, uh, the art class at Grant Middle School.
12: Well, art has actually changed my life a lot because really? uh, a lot of my family members actually know how to sketch or uh, draw very well. Uh-huh. And, um, I can tell how they're feeling and what they're doing and how positive they are right. and in some moments I usually like take what they have right. and I would usually try to like sketch what they have and I will usually like uh usually draw patterns around it right. and I uh, like uh I would usually do zigzags uh. squares circles cool. something like that and I would just like um add a little shading to it right add different things to it mm-hmm. and um That's what it, like, really did, and it really took a change in my life most of the times. Because some hard times that I had, I would usually just pick up my uh, drawing pad. Right. And I would usually just write patterns uh, of how I'm feeling, what I'm doing. And usually when I'm usually uh, mad, I would just draw, like, um, aggressive patterns. Right, right. But I would still, like, do them perfectly. Sure, sure. Because there's, like, certain patterns, like triangles, squares, circles.
6: Mm
12: -hmm. That would express... How, how you are feeling. Yeah. So you have a
2: lot of background on APS and the fine arts, and talk to the audience a little bit about that. Why Why in the world I need to have fine arts in a school?
14: Yeah, well, fine arts is a an easy way to show your expressions of how you feel. Right. Unfortunately, a lot of these kids don't know that I have some training in interpreting their art right. and I can identify right. some of their feelings and maybe even report them to a counselor. Mm-hmm. So if I have certain kids using a certain type, right. I, I never reveal
12: mm-hmm. what
14: the types I'm looking for or that would give me an alert, because sure. some kids just like to act out and say, look at me, I, yeah. you know, I'm doing this or whatever. Right. Um, Art is important in, in as far as two-dimensional art that we mostly do. We do some sculpture as well, but mm-hmm. it's important in every aspect of every class. Sure. To w- the way that they present their writing, mm-hmm. the way they might may, may present a PowerPoint on the on the computer. Sure. Everything relates to art. In middle school, we, we go through quickly. Mm-hmm. We do a lot of things but we do a, a short amount of time. Yeah. And then in the high school, they might spend the whole semester, the whole year on just drawing or yeah. just clay or oh. just photography. Right. So they get, as they get older, they get more of a focus. In elementary school, they have very structured lessons, but again, like my lessons, they have a lot of chance for creativity. Yeah. But in the middle school, the thing I focus on the most is to allow each, each child to be successful and feel successful. And if they follow my directions, <laughs> if they follow the directions on taking the photograph, yeah. copying it four times on the phone, adding the background, yeah. it looks good. Yeah. And I learned that uh, in my college, I have a Master's of Art Education, that, that if you give a kid a, a formula for success, right. That's they'll right. feel better. That's right. And they can be as creative as yeah. they want within that formula. Right. But any child can have a product that looks good.
2: Being successful. I mean, uh, everyone can find a spot in the fine arts and be successful and feel that accomplishment.
5: We're just kind of wrapping up our um, art show season. Uh Uh, It's been going on since February when we opened the Metro Art Show this year, which is high school and middle school art and we, we're just getting ready to take down our elementary art show, which has been a hanging at the state fair for several weeks. And then we had another impromptu show at the opening of the new Berna Foscio Training Center. And it's been very interesting to follow some of these students, to see their artwork year after year, and having seen it as an elementary student and then in the Metro show as a middle schooler and then now as a high schooler, and it goes back to me looking when I walk through it. It's that same piece that I spoke of before about the vulnerability, and um, overcoming that fear of putting your work out there, right. and having something so personal be, well, for yeah. lack of a better term, judged by people yeah. to you know either like it or not. And right. that's what our teachers do too, is they give those students that confidence and that, you know, that little nudge to hang that artwork and put yourself out there and and accept that and be proud of that and own it.
6: Yeah, I like that Ms. Souza talks about success. So you take the, the success the student experiences in the art classroom and through the study of the arts, not just visual art, but all the arts, you are able to engender success at other levels mm-hmm. in particular, and the success becomes part of your life, becomes part of what you contribute to society. Mm-hmm. It contributes to the creative economy of our city and our state, because we do live in a very artistic place. Sure. So I think that it's really important that people recognize that the arts are everywhere, mm-hmm. and they are part of our everyday life, right. and it's a big influence everything from architecture to the the color of buildings Mm -hmm. to how things are designed and the function of things to how we entertain Mm -hmm. or entertain ourselves. Uh, All of this is really arts-based. And Mm -hmm. so it's important that the kids have that exposure and that knowledge in the arts world and the arts media in order for them to be successful.
2: All right, let's finish up at, at Grant Middle School with the chorus. Chorus is back at Grant Middle School and we're so excited about that. And your name, I'm sorry. Is Kiara. Kiara and? Crystal. Crystal. All right. Nice to meet you. So you're in the chorus at Grant Middle School. Kiara? Yes. And tell us about that. How do you like it? I
16: feel like choir helps a lot of people. When you walk in the door, you kind of get a happy mood. You're kind of ready to go and sing and talk to your teacher and warm up and everything, especially since we're like a team and we're supposed to be a team and singing together. Uh Uh-huh and i feel like choirs a very good
2: gets the for endorphins everyone. going yeah
16: <laughs> yeah
2: you can't come in and be bored is that right?
16: yeah you can't come in and be bored ever <laughs> yeah. cuz if you are your teachers like you can't do that
2: <laughs> <laughs> she's in your ear yelling at yeah. you know. that's good that's good and who, who give me your name crystal crystal nice to yeah. meet you crystal so tell me about your experience
17: my experience so far with choir it's really fun And it helped me kind of break out of my shell from not really wanting to sing in front of people. Wow. And now I can, which is great.
2: Wow, that that stirs a thought. Tell me about that. How did it do that? You said you were sort of in a shell.
17: Yeah. So pretty much in seventh grade, I wasn't very open about singing Mm -hmm. in front of a bunch of people until towards the end of the school year and, like, this year towards the end where I just, completely opened up and was able to sing in front of people more instead of kind of just mumbling stuff to right. myself.
2: Does that help you in other parts of your life? Yeah. What about you? Um, tell me your name again. Kiara. I'm an old man, so uh, <laughs> Tiara. So um, do you think this has helped you in other parts of your life, Tiara? Uh
16: Socially, yes. Because like Chris said, we kind of open up more, mm-hmm. and you're supposed to be all out there. So after you leave this class, you're pretty much crazy in the hallways <laughs> and you're singing your part and right. you're remembering and yeah. it's helped me socially
2: sure and you, you, you stirred a thought in my mind if you could take yourself ahead in the future looking for jobs don't you think that will help you
16: oh yeah choirs yeah makes you social and i think it possibly help you get a job yeah and like be open more
2: okay so now chris tell us you got a, a student coming in as a fifth grader, never, you know, of course, the first year going into middle school, and talk a little bit about why they may choose to go into chorus.
17: Some of them may choose to go into choir to probably help out their singing mm-hmm. a bit more. I know some people who have wanted to do that, and then they'll probably do it to break their
14: stage fright sure. and stuff. Amen. How are you? Mark Goodrum. Fine, (laughs) thank you. How are you? Doing
2: well. Fine arts, Mm. music, APS, students, how important is it?
0: Oh my goodness, it's so important. You know, we need to educate the entire child, the whole child. Um, I hear a lot, I heard this morning that they're honoring STEM students with some kind of a reception or a signing day and I thought how sad that it's not STEAM yeah. you know because we ought to be celebrating our students who are going into the arts as well as as a vocation really it's a wonderful thing It, I think it gives them a chance to be their whole people mm-hmm. um, they are beyond just the testing material that they have I'm sure and this is testing season so I'm right. thinking about that but I was not the kind of kid who really excelled At math Mm -hmm. Um, I I was okay in science and I was good in English but where I came to life was when we could sing or when we were on the stage doing musicals or in show choir or um, in all-state auditions and accessing wonderful wonderful music that changed my life I see that for kids these days too they will tell us just looking at this piece of music that asked me to think about other people or to bring peace or to um, think outside of myself that changed my life so we're hearing that we're hearing that all over the place that this is important to them and it's changing their cultural responsiveness it's it's really cool what we're able to do with kids in music, particularly in choir, (laughs) but everywhere.
2: Talk a little bit about that choir.
0: Oh, gosh. Oh, well, I am the middle school choir resource teacher for APS now, which is great. That means I've moved out of an everyday classroom and into all of these 28 classrooms where we've installed at least a .5 choir music teacher. At, uh, middle schools. It's been which a is great. It has because uh, five years ago we had six yes. middle school choir right. programs but our fine arts office especially under the direction of Gina Rosinski our fine arts director uh, they've really valued what we do and so they're reinvigorating these programs putting right. great musicians out there many of those teachers share two schools like mrs raider does Mrs. Sure
2: Rader, come on over she she
0: <laughs> shares two she is shared between two schools right. and so i get the chance to see her at a couple of different places yeah. But I go in and I'm a resource, so sometimes I play the piano. Like I was able to help and assist with Grant right. at the music performance right. assessment. I get to know the kids and right. just help in any way I can.
2: We have Megan here. How are you?
0: I'm great. How are you? <laughs> yeah,
2: talk a little bit about your relationship with oh, your, your mentor here. And she is.
18: She is, her. she is my mentor and has been since I started my career. I started at desert ridge middle school and um deanna was heading back to the classroom um and she was at eisenhower and she took me under her wing and i'll never forget she one of the first you know major things she taught me was how to program for um, you know for a, a, a yeah, program for rep and especially for festival and you know she kind of taught me you had to have three pieces diverse in in nature and one had to be You know lyrical and and i i always remember it as like lyrical and lovely and then one you know had to be an old dead white guy i'm sure i'm sure (laughs) miss amen did not say it like that that's that's right i think she did you're right and then you know one had to be kind of cool and and an x factor so i i keep i keep that now and i still utilize what she taught me uh when i'm choosing and selecting repertoire
2: Chorus um, is back at Grant Middle School.
18: Yeah oh, Back in
2: yes. You yes! You've been here for two years. Yep.
18: Talk
3: a little bit about Grant.
18: Well, I would say, first and foremost, the school, the, the staff, the administration are so supportive, and that makes it a wonderful place to be. They want um, Chorus to flourish here and you know that that creates an environment where it can and we are encouraged to participate in all kinds of like i said festival we went to empath last year and this year and we're featured at assemblies they want us to perform and um you know i think choir is doing at grant what it did for miss amend what it did for me i went to hoover and that is where i first um had the the choral experience and it it really impacts kids, and it's sort of this tried-and-true uh, experience that needs to stay, you know, where kids find themselves, and they tap into something that, like like she said, is different than a screen, is different than testing, is different than multiple choice.
2: I'm a parent. I don't, I don't want my kid in any of this stuff. I don't know why it's in the classroom. Change changed my mind.
0: Oh
18: God, that's that's you. <laughs> I'm I'm taking that back to mind. this event. <laughs>
0: oh. well, th- I think there's no better place for a student to learn about themselves. Number one, they carry their instrument within mm-hmm. themselves. Yeah, that's a different thing. So they're gonna they're gonna start by learning about themselves, sure. and I think that would be a great thing for some students who maybe haven't tapped into. Sure. Who am I, and who can I be? Yeah. Maybe I can move out of what I think my future going to be to something even greater, yeah, yeah. you know. So I think they can just start to learn about themselves to mm-hmm. begin with. But then I think they can also learn that it's important to be a part of a group, yes. that it's important to get outside of yourself and work not just, work you work know, work see beyond the end of your own nose there you go. and know that there's a world out there that you can affect for good. I really think that's a way that we can come together as a group. Choir is a it's a group activity. It can't just be solo.
14: Right.
0: You can't just be the diva star. <laughs> you do have to be a part of blending and balancing and yeah. all of those great words that we actually use in that's our true. vocabulary in yeah. choir. Blend and balance and yeah. uh, timbre the way we sound and just the the creativity and the beauty that
2: we can bring be greater than what we can we think we can be Mm -hmm. closing thoughts i want to thank you all for being here what do you think
5: wow (laughs) Uh, it's a good time for fine arts and aps it is it always has been It just a little more uh seems a little more visible with the expansion and the, Mm -hmm. the choirs and steel bands and the mariachis going, you know, representing at a nationwide conference here in Albuquerque. It's Good things are happening across the board. Our metro, you know, being on Colores. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
2: A lot of people have done wonderful things in the past and it's
3: paying off now. And I want to thank you all so much. Thank you for having me as part of this discussion. This has opened my eyes to the greater things that are happening in the APS Fine Arts program. It's expanded so much uh, to have something for everybody. Mm-hmm. Ron, you've been a catalyst, I mean the
2: foundation of all this.
3: Well thanks. I i, I hope I've contributed something to changing people's lives uh, for, for a long career. And it's been great, as I've said so many times, as a teacher of music, I never had a boring day. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so many others,
2: uh, Louise, Dale Kempter, Jim Bonnell just have paved the
6: way. Yeah, absolutely. There's, uh, Albuquerque has a long history of providing really good experiences in the arts for its students. Mm-hmm. I just remember um, going back just at, you know, statewide competitions or statewide events in Albuquerque's The groups that I heard or the, that are at the art show, the state fair, the, the work, the visual art work was, mm-hmm. you know, just absolutely exemplary. And, Likewise for the music performing groups, it compares very well with what's going on in the rest of the state. And we have a lot of really good teachers, right. uh, arts teachers in all areas here in APS. And mm-hmm. uh, I remember watching some of them at UNM Theater Festival, some of the theater drama performances, and uh, mm-hmm. just being very, very impressed with what's, what's going on. The, the level of education in the arts is really quite high.
2: And it's been just a blessing to go out to these schools and listen to the groups and the kids uh, articulate what's going on in their hearts and minds and the teachers and watching the work done. Mm -hmm. We want to thank uh, the APS Media Office, of course, KANW, Kevin Otero, that works the magic here, our producer. And, of course, we want to thank the listeners that uh, download the podcast. You can find it online, YouTube. So with that, we'll uh, see you next month for the APS Open Book Podcast. And don't forget, always keep smiling. This podcast is produced by Albuquerque Public Schools and KANW Public Radio. Special thanks to KANW Program Director Kevin Otero. Stay
3: tuned for more meaningful conversation in the months ahead.